is light on me. I wanna take a long walk with Jesus. A long walk with Jesus. Let him shine his love and light on me. I wanna take a long, long walk with Jesus. Let him shine his love and light on me. I wanna take. A long walk with Jesus, let him shine his light on me. I want to take a long walk with Jesus, a long walk with I feel like Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Just when I thought I was out, he pulls me back in. Pete Wilcox having coffee with the king. I want you to be in the family. <laughs> How are you, Peter? Welcome, everyone, to Having Coffee with the King. Yes, absolutely. God bless those of you that came in, and God forgive those that didn't come to see us tonight. It's okay. Either way. Either way, you're in the grace of God. Uh, Angelo and I are kind of starting a new effort. We're going to try to get this live on Facebook every week. I had some wonderful followers um, a couple of years ago. And now all my followers have dwindled down to about 10. The Lord loves you. Listen, if we can get up to 12, Jesus had 12. I got 10. I'll take 10. So what's the matter with 10? 10 shouldn't be so bad. I feel like I'm Jack Mason. I got my own group. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I'll tell you what a group, you know? I love them. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who I, I am. I miss Rodney, man. Oh, he's Rodney Mason's still around too, by the way. Yeah, he is. But uh, that's Rodney a scary song. <laughs> when I when I do a show and I throw in impressions, the rule is for a joke, or sorry, you only do three jokes and you get out of it. Yeah. But when you're doing Rodney, you can do as many as you can remember. They love Absolutely. him. You can't run out of Rodney jokes. They just never. I'll tell you, what a crowd, you know, my wife, too. Take my wife, you know. Anyway, he's, you know, and I love to do him. He really so funny. He says, I went up to the bartender. I said, hey, Rodney, how are you? I said, uh, he said, what can I make? I said, surprise me. Hey, he showed me a naked picture of my wife. You know what? I said, I'm you can fool around my wife. He said, everybody, you know, I'll tell you. I don't know. My oh, wife, my, Lord. my wife, I took it to the pet store. And the guy said, hey, hey, nice. How big does she get? You know, I'll tell you stuff. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's, it's, I took my wife to the beauty parlor. You know, it was amazing. They gave me one of those mud packs. I'm telling you, it was work. She looked great for about three days. Then the mud fell off. I'll tell you, it was tough. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, we'll let him go. God bless Rodney. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I mean, you know, we're back to the to the, the the wonderful question of why do Angelo and Pete do what they do? Because we couldn't we're gluttons for punishment. Because yeah. <laughs> we couldn't get a job at Walmart, I'll tell you. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I tried to be For that, I'm grateful. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, the show is having coffee with the King. Salute, my friend. It is. Let's have some. This is my Isaiah cup. How beautiful are the feet who bring good news. Amen to that. I am. Um... Oh, my goodness. Grandfathers shine their wisdom and love on our hearts. They we do. 
we shine wisdom and love on the uh, the lives of the people who call us grandpa. That's the That's what we do that's, best. That's, that's what I do best. I know yeah. that's what you do. That's that's so, a blessing. I only have I have a a half granddaughter. I don't know what the other half is, and neither does she. Oh. Da, 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 da. But but I'm full. I got her when I got Linda. My lovely wife had three grandchildren, two were boys, and they don't care a thing about me. Okay, he's Elvis. We don't care. But the granddaughter, she's my doll. I swear to God, uh, I I just adore her, and and uh, it comes back the same way. She's a a very special girl. She's very gifted. She's arty, and uh, uh, I'm just so honored that she would call me grandpa. I'm just so honored. Well, beautiful, brother. Yeah. So I, now, it, how old is she? Is she a, 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 a she young, turns, young girl? Oh, she, just, she just turned 16. I met her. She was oh, like 13. 16. Oh, she's yeah. teenager. Yeah. Yes, gotcha. she is. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mine just turned 22. Just turned 22 last week. You're going to be a great-grandfather before too long. Well, I'm already a grandfather. I have a a a 22 year old and a 39 year old. Oh, that's what your girls are now. Oh, yeah. My I have a, a daughter that's 39. I have a daughter that's 22, and I have a granddaughter that will be uh, 16 very soon. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I had I I was yeah. I had my girls and my ages mixed up. No. Well, you you'll be great grandfather. You'll be here for that one. That's that's going to be like beyond comprehension. It's like you know, I'm like, look, I'm just getting. Over I already this. can't comprehend. <laughs> yeah, my God. So, Pete, it's been a while since I've seen you on uh, on camera like this. Anyway, what, yeah. what's going on in the life and the world of uh, Pete and Linda Wilcox? Well, we are having a, a wonderful time trying to pull some show ideas together. Um, mm-hmm. I, we, I still have to make a living, so I, I sing for that. But my heart is right here when we do our show. This is mm-hmm. this is what my life is about. Uh, trying to find a way to be of service uh, in my humble way, and um, that's all. I will, the bigger the show gets, or the bigger that part of my life gets, uh, that will be more people that I can bring back over here in this direction. Well, this- I would tell you what, and uh, you're speaking in my language because I would love to um, implore people that are watching the show now. Um, if you're liking what you see and what and what you see every week from Pete, um, we sure could use a sponsor on this show uh, to help us out here. Uh, as Pete said, you know, he needs to make a living and uh, he doesn't want to sing anymore in the restaurant. Because um, they don't listen to him. They just want to eat their dinner and dance to rock and roll music. Yeah. Or whatever the heck. They God bless him for it. You know, that's not a problem. But it's just- yeah. Not what I care to do anymore. Yeah. So if uh, if anyone out there uh, cares to sponsor the show, please uh, hit us up, and you can reach Pete Wilcox at ymail.com. Um, or you can reach Pete through wrestlingwiththefuture at gmail.com, and he will get that email if you um you know someone that that wants to uh, to sponsor Pete Wilcox having coffee with the king. We, so, we would love it, as and as you yeah. are kind enough to watch us and know what we are about, we are about sharing the love and the joy of walking a Christian life, helping those that haven't found it yet, perhaps kind of ministering to them, 
I, it, it's kind of referred to as sowing a seed, just telling them about it, being careful how you do it. Oh, my goodness, because it's very easy to run people off. Uh, oh what you can stumble into is who are you supposed to be? We're not supposed to be anybody. We're just sharing what our hearts tell us to share, uh, yeah. which is part of what I, I wanted to talk to you about tonight. I, I kind of wanted to let my friends who've been with me for many, many years know how I kind of went from wild animal at night to loving son who's seek, seeking a spiritual life. Pete, can uh, I surprise people with something? Would you mind if I did something? No, go right ahead. Have fun. I want, I want, I want you to take a look at this. Um, I don't know if anybody has seen this before, but take a look at this. This gentleman is Pete Wilcox, and the gentleman behind him is Pete Wilcox. <laughs> Long time in between these two guys. Tell, tell me a little bit about your transition from America's TV Elvis, and you were you were the guy. You were you were the go-to guy uh, for a long, long time on TV. I was and, very uh, blessed. Um, yes, I'm sorry to mean to interrupt yeah, you when you're talking ahead. about me. I should never interrupt. You. Well, I was very blessed. I lived in Hollywood, and when they started to do television shows uh, using an Elvis personality, I was the one that they called on. I was doing. I've been doing this for over 50 years. A lot of the guys that you're seeing now that are popular were five and six years old. If, if some of them were even that old. It was yeah. something, it was a timing thing. I was blessed. I grew up in that era. And uh, I got to tell you a funny story. Here's how long I've been doing Elvis. Elvis was on the um, Tommy Jimmy Dorsey show January 28th, 1956. That was a Saturday night. Monday, Monday, 30, Monday, January 31st, 1956, the Latin teacher stepped out of the room and I got up and started doing air guitar and I, to, to shake, rattle, and roll. Everybody laughed and I sat down. The kid said to me when I sat down, who are you supposed to be, Elvis Presley? And I said, who's he? He said, you didn't see him on the time? No, I didn't see him. He said, well, man, you're just like him. You look like him. You're doing your legs and all that stuff. Man. So then I made the search for him on the Milton Berle show, on the Steve Allen and Ed Sullivan. But the bottom line is I was a part of that and paying my own loving tribute to him two days after the country met him. So I feel like I kind of had a head start. Not better than anybody, just been doing it longer than they have. That's all. And uh, I'll wind up in not. the pasture. Yeah, I'll wind up in the pasture before them, if that means anything. But what it did was it's given me quite a bit of insight as to why some of them do it. What's more important for our conversation is why I did it, what I was looking for, what I got out of it, and what I grew into as I was holding the hand of that act. Um, if you are a tribute to someone, you spend a great deal of time learning about them. You don't just get up there, oh, I'm Elvis. No, you learn what made them laugh. What what did he care about? What did he love? Why did he sing the song? 
you transform yourself through your subconscious into who this other person was. It's an acting role. That's exactly Pete, what it let, is. Let me ask you a question, Pete. I've never asked you this before, privately or on the air. Okay. Do you consider yourself, I'm going to, I'm going to be very deliberate in asking this question. Do you okay. consider yourself an impersonator or a tribute artist? Because uh, I asked a very well-known impersonator that question. Right. Uh, who happens to, you happen to know, a guy named Steve McCoy, who does Tom Jones. And I said to him, Steve, are you an impersonator or a tribute artist? He said, I'm an impersonator. I okay. look like the person. I do their mannerisms. I become that person when I'm on that stage. So, Pete Wilcox, I know a little bit about you. So, um, would you consider yourself, if that's the definition, would you consider yourself an impersonator or a tribute? All right, we're going to have some fun with concepts right now. Different people call it different things. Let me tell you, impersonator is a name that the press stuck on people doing Elvis. He's trying to be Elvis. Well, that's not an accurate description of what's happening. I originally approached the Elvis Project as an actor. I used to call it, the very first time I did it, the very first year, an evening with Elvis. I'm a studied actor. I studied with one of the finest coaches that we've ever had, a, man, a gentleman named Jack Garfine, who started Actors Studio West in L.A. He was married to Carol Baker. He was an Auschwitz survivor taken under the wing by Lee Strasberg, and he brought method acting to California. He taught us what it meant to be and do. And what you're doing, I'm going to give an example. Here's how method acting began. There was a famous Greek actor who had to, in a scene, deal with the death of his mother. He was presented on stage with an urn of his mother's ashes. All of a sudden, he welled up, and it became a happening. It became something that happened. He was luring out the effects of his mother from these ashes. Then yeah. he found out afterwards those weren't her actual ashes. But he was able to lure out the, what he needed to from uh, uh, another source. That's what the actor does. You, you learn about the character you're doing. Your subconscious studies it. You go over it. Now, when it comes time to do it, you don't think about it. Yeah. You allow your subconscious to make those choices for you. You'll find, you'll do a joke. Somebody will do something and you'll make a joke about it. And it'll be just like that guy. Here's a classic example of that. Now, Elvis did a song called, If You Talk In Your Sleep. And it's about a guy who's having an affair with a woman. And if she talks in her sleep, please don't mention my name. Yeah. And it had wonderful music. Red West wrote it for him. Red was one of Elvis's bodyguards. Elvis loved the song. It's, it's just got a beautiful, not beautiful, a very sensuous R&B groove. You really like it. And one night when I was doing the song, I said, Charlie Hodges working with me. I turned to Charlie and said, Charlie, I, and the audience, I said, I'm sorry, folks, stop this song. I can't do this song anymore. First of all, I'm a born-again Christian, and I can't put myself into this song 
that I'm cheating on my wife with another man's wife. And Charlie started to laugh. I said, what are you laughing at? He said, El King. He couldn't sing the song anymore. He had to quit one night. Yeah. When he's, what am I saying? What am I singing? That's an example of putting yourself into a song or a character. And Charlie used to say once in a while, he says, uncanny. You would do something like Elvis did. And I'm not trying to be magical. You know, I'm just like Elvis. No, I'm not just like Elvis. I'm like Pete Wilcox. But when I'm in his arena, my homework brings me closer to that subject matter. Uh, but okay, but now let's go back to the question. Are you an impersonator or a tribute act? Um, right. I'm a tribute act. I consider myself an actor who takes on the dimensions of Elvis. I'm not, I, I, to me, an impersonator is just another term. If somebody, I'm doing an impersonation to somebody, well, how long does it last? Does it last for an hour? Well, it's more than an impersonation. That, to me, is an actor taking on a role, taking on a character. Uh, yes, you want you if you look like him, you move like him. All those things make it better, but everybody can call themselves what they want. It doesn't sure. make any difference. What really matters is: Are you doing the job? Are you delivering the entertainment and oh, the people sure. feel the character? And I have been very blessed in that. I think that I do a reasonable job. Oh, you did an I, outstanding job of of Elvis for years and years. I, yeah, I, I feel that I, I got him pretty close. I truly do. Uh, I, in, in a lot of it, it has nothing to do with you. I mean, the fact what? that I resemble him enough to do it, that's not my fault. The yeah. fact that my vocal cords are similar, that's not my fault. What you get credit for is the homework you do. That you get well, credit you, for. You must have done something right. You even fooled Elvis at one point, they say. I Well, I did. But again, that was something that really wasn't, you know, my doing that that was really fun folks i was i was chosen to do his voice for happy days and bonzi hits a jukebox and elvis sings hound dog uh it's me singing not elvis because elvis wanted a hundred thousand and i would do it for 150 you know what i mean it was like it was yeah it was exactly. just you know, it was a real easy choice for abc we're gonna go with the kid this time yeah and uh when he heard it he asked i wonder if i'm getting paid for that and he was told that's not you, boss. That's that kid you met at Schwab. That's Pete Wilcox. Wow. And he left. That, that, that was really good, man. I thought that was me. And that is a very special moment. And I was blessed to meet his friends, the members of his band. Um, the one that really excites me the most is his guitar player, James Burton, who was just the best of the best of the country rock guitar players. And Absolutely. James has always been very kind and said that I did a very credible, fun, tribute to Elvis. Absolutely. Yeah, it's funny. God bless Steve. You know, uh, in a person, if there's something, the, the press has almost made those silly people. He's an Elvis impersonator. Well, I I don't want to be the an object of ridicule, and, and they shouldn't be. It's an art form, but I to me, it's, it's a, you can call yourself what you want. There it is. You can call yourself what you want. You are a tribute act because what you're doing is, in fact, a tribute to that artist. Right. And if you want to call yourself an impersonator, I guess that's okay. I don't. Sure. I kind of consider myself a tribute act. I'm a musical actor. I was a great fan of Elvis's. And it's so funny how it changed. When he passed away, my heart was broken like everybody's. I said, my God, we're, it's like losing a family member. I said, I can't believe he's gone 
And I was already doing his voice, and I and I looked kind of like him. I always reminded people of him. I said, you know, I, I'd kind of like to do a movie about him. I've studied acting. I know the craft, and I'm doing his voice. Let me see what I can do. So I put a show together. I called the show An Evening with Elvis, and I used to – I was Elvis in the first person. I said, you know, ladies and gentlemen, back when, when I first started out, my mom – I wanted a rifle, but she decided I should get a, a – a guitar instead. I guess she was afraid of shoot some people. I don't know what made her think that. Well, maybe she was right. I might have. So anyway, I'm probably better off with a guitar. Anyway, I was trying to be talk like Elvis. The fans lost it. Who do you think you are? You're not Elvis. You shouldn't say that. So then I realized I was going to offend more people, which isn't what I was trying to do. I'm trying to entertain you and share the joy of him. So yeah, I adjusted that. So I kind of talked about him third person. When I did the song, I tried to go into him as much as I can. So, right. you know, you, you could lose it. And that is how I conducted most of my career. But if it's a, if it's a theatrical presentation, then, I, then I'll talk like Elvis. But uh, um, uh, it's a subtle teasing. Sure. It's a, it's a subtle teasing, whatever works at the moment. It's like a wrestler. Mm -hmm. How do you get somebody to headlock? Well, I don't know. I can't tell you. Let me see what he's doing. You know what I mean? Exactly. Do I grab him by do I grab him by the wrist? Do I sneak around him? Do I come up under him? Do I jump? You know, I don't know. So all right, I'm gonna do a tribute to Elvis. What am I gonna do? I don't know. Let me put the audience in front. Are they laughing at my jokes? Do they like my leg work? Do they like uh, you know it's it's just something you play by the moment. You play by yeah. the moment. But you've done your homework, so you, what you do is probably gonna be what Elvis would have done. Interesting. Well, the ch the challenge is, unfortunately, and I say this to my friends that are kind enough to support me through the years. I'm not nearly the singer he was. I can do his tones, but I don't have the beautiful vibrato that he had. I don't have the the control that he was blessed with. Uh, that wasn't God's gift to me. But what I do have is the ability to make you think of him. When I'm yeah, doing it, absolutely. yeah. When I'm doing him, you're thinking Elvis. You're not thinking Paboon. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah, can, I, sure. I, I can give you that. But you know, it's funny, and and I said this, um, reminded you of a story about Kathleen Kuhlman, but in a way, I'm reminded that that was Elvis's act. I don't deserve. Is it right for me to be exactly like him? It's nice to remind you of him, but well, Elvis, sure. you know, that was his gift. He's I'm yeah, recalling that for you, but it's it's him. We're recalling him, you know. Yeah. So sure. I remember Catherine Coleman, uh, Benny Hinn told a story. Catherine was in in a healing ceremony, and a guy came up, and he was kind of crippled and his, his disfigured, and he shuffled to the stage, and he said, "Catherine, can you help me?" And she said, no, but Jesus can. So she prayed over him. And Benny said it was the most amazing thing he ever saw in his life. The man's body started popping, just popping. And he went from a disfigured, not crumbled, but what would you call it? Contorted figure. Yeah. And, all popped and suddenly he was standing there erect and solid, and the audience was screaming, you know, praising God and just having witnessed a miracle. 
mm-hmm. and his but his finger was crooked. His finger was crooked. He said, Catherine, my finger's still crooked. And she smiled and said, Jesus wanted you to remember what happened today. So he's that we're going to, that's going to stay like that. And it was an interesting sort of, <laughs> yeah, it was an interesting sort of thing. You know what I mean? And I always felt like, well, I deserve respect for the heart, for, for the, for my rehearsal and what I put in. Yeah, it. sure. I, but I don't deserve the accolades that Elvis had. Those belong to him. <clears throat> but to go along with Steve, I, Steve and I are on the same page. He's been doing sure. it for years. He's one of the finest entertainers I've ever seen. He happens to be my favorite Tom Jones tribute, or, or as Mr. McCoy would like to be called. He's my favorite Tom Jones impersonator. But um, nothing to take away from Steve. He's done his homework. He knows the jokes. He knows how to deal with the people. He's wonderful. Mm-hmm. On, stage, on, Steve, on stage, Steve is a pro. He's the best. Absolutely. So talk to me about how Pete Wilcox... Uh... That wants to walk away from the spotlight of entertainment and take on the spotlight of the mantle to pick up Jesus cross and walk with him. What what a when, lovely when did that happen? What a lovely choice of words, you my friend, to pick up the mantle. Um I was down in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, which is right near Gatlinburg. Pigeon Forge is where Dollywood is. It's a wonderful, wonderful uh, I know it very, very well. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee. People come down there just to look at the trees. It's so beautiful. And Memory Theater was dedicated to Elvis. The people that owned it loved him. And they heard of me. And they gave me a year and a half to be down there. And it was truly one of, uh, of the loveliest times of my life. And one of the most important. During the day, there was nothing to do. And I mean nothing. nothing. You sat around, Yeah. Not so I started watching television. Thing to do. <laughs> I know you sit around and watch the trees rot. Exactly. But, uh, <laughs> oh man, you know, but but they had Christian television, so yeah. I was kind of intrigued. I said, let me let me watch this. So I grew up a uh, an Episcopalian. You grew up a Roman Catholic because you're Italian. That's I what you did. Do. Yeah, sure did. And what? But Episcopalian isn't that far away. The only thing we just don't have a pope. That's about it. That's mm-hmm. about it. I came from what they call high Episcopal, so we even had confession and the whole deal. But um, so I was watching some of these teachers, and they are called evangelistic now. Uh, They're non-denominational, which means they don't they don't want to put a label on them. They just want to be of God, Mm -hmm. and they, they they want to teach the word of God and the words of Jesus and bring people in. And some of the young preachers absolutely stole my heart. I admired their passion. I admired their deliverance. Uh, they were so so proud of who they were and what they were doing. And it gave me the feeling that we are supposed to try to project. And that is, I love Jesus so much. I am so honored to be a part of his movement. And maybe somebody will see that and they'll want it. Yeah. And that's what those preachers did to me. I wanted what they had. And I thought, if I have been blessed in this life to have enough charisma to hold your attention for an hour while I sing Don't Be Cruel, Mm -hmm. how much better would it be if I could give you the word of God and help you in your walk, help you in your life? And I thought, wow, let me work with that. And uh, it got into me stronger and stronger daily. And uh, I, I... 
decided at one point that I was going to stop singing completely, go to Bible school and see if I couldn't join a ministry of some sort. And uh, along the way, I got kind of sidetracked, got back into singing and entertaining. And I'm not sorry about that. I had some some challenges with some of the churches that I ran into. And um, which, by the way, if you have challenges in church, don't feel bad. You're not alone. Um, oh no! But don't let it deter you from your effort to read Jesus. Don't let Absolutely. it deter you from trying to be and recognizing that you are one of God's children. Uh, Jesse Duplantis is a wonderful uh, non-denominational evangelist, mm-hmm. and uh, he was at a church one time. I was baptized by Jesse behind Kenneth Copeland's house in a river. I just thought I'd throw that in. But anyway, Jesse said he was at a church, and uh, he was asked to leave because he was a little um, confrontational and a little unusual for them, and they didn't like that. They didn't like the water stirred up. And Jesse said he was sitting out on the front of the church, and he said in his spirit, uh, he said Jesus sat down next to him. and said, Jesse, what are you doing out here? And Jesse said, I don't know, Jesus. They won't let me in there. And Jesus said, that's okay. They don't let me in there either. Exactly. You know, it it can happen. But don't let it keep you from reaching and finding your way. The most important thing you're going to do in life uh, for yourself. Yeah. Kenneth Copeland didn't let him in either. So, But it'll be your walk with God to understand that you are a creation of his and that you've been given the breath of life to experience this life. And to, to yeah. take it on with you to the next step. Uh, somebody was talking to me last night. And we were saying, uh, I know I wasn't here 200 years ago. I know I wasn't right. here. But, you right. know, it's funny. I do not have the feeling that I never existed. My feeling in my spirit is I always was. Exactly. And that I always and was. That's the, that is a quintessential truth. We've yes. always been. Right. And we will always, always be. Exactly. You know, we'll always be. What what the, the Christian, and when I say Christian, a Christian is somebody who's trying to be like Jesus. That's what it is. You, well, they're Christians. They want to be like Christ. They want to be like him. And the answer is, yes, I do. I, you know, I can't make it. <clears throat> I can't, you know, I, I can't, I can't bat a thousand, but maybe I can bat 300. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. I, I would like to be every every night when I pray, I apologize and ask for forgiveness for however I have missed. And please to help me be stronger. Please help me be more like you. And um, uh, it, it, it helps me. It helps me. And um, good for you. I, 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 it's funny. I was given ideas. I'll tell you one thing that I liked a lot. Uh, Elvis has a wonderful song called The Wonder of You. When no one else will understand me. Okay. I decided to sing that as a as a gospel song. The Wonder of yeah. You. The, the Wonder of God Almighty. How, sure. When my, you know, no one else will love me like you do. That's the wonder of you. And I said, oh, my goodness. And I would announce it every night that I've changed it a bit. I said, I'm, I'm coming from this frame of mind. I hope you will receive it. Oh, my goodness, how they loved it. So... And where did that idea come from? Not me. I got nothing for you. I got nothing for you, but I wish you well. You know what I mean? I I wish everybody love. 
but if it's special, then it came from outside me. And uh, when you're, I remember once I, I had written a couple of gospel songs and I thought, oh, I'm never going to write another one. Oh my God, I'll never, you know, I've got these four and they're good and oh, I'm done. I was walking around, I was very depressed. I said, I'm sorry, I'm never going to write another one. And I had a voice inside me say, well, you might dry up, but I'm not going to. You know what I mean? And it made me laugh. I said, of course not. How silly of me. You know what I mean? I did because I didn't write them by myself anyway. Absolutely. You know, I just all you did was move the pen, baby. I got news for you. Yeah. That's not news for me. I know that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, And but it was when I was seeing these people down there, these wonderful preachers, it made me, and this, I got to tell you a funny story about that. It made me want to join their ranks. It made me want to say, if I can also be of service, I was talking to my wife today about that. I just said, when we get to heaven, Jesus isn't going to ask me how many songs I did, how many TV shows I did, how many shows I was in. He's And he, he won't ask me how many people I brought either, because he'll know. But what I do want him to do is I want him to look at me. Nice job. That's all I want. Nice job. He's going to know I tried. He's going to know I tried. Did I stumble? Mm-hmm. Of course I did. Was I able to get up? Yes, because I had him to help me. Yeah. But I, so that that is what brought me in. And now what I, is the challenge for all of us and for all of you lovely people that are listening to us and are of our same mindset, we have to be just a little careful not to run somebody off with our enthusiasm. Yeah, or, oh, or, absolutely. Or the message. Yeah, you kind of have to lay it out there gently, see how much they'll take. My dad was very, very clever. My dad was a salesman. And um, my mother once went with him to a call. And um, the secretary of the boss, he was in making a pitch. Mm-hmm. And uh, the secretary said to my mom, Gene, have you ever heard Phil deliver a pitch? And mom said, no, I haven't. She said, okay, I got a treat for you. She turned on the intercom. So now they're in the lobby listening to my dad talk to the guy. My dad, let's just say um, that uh, you have, a, I, I bring you a red shirt. I say, Angelo, this red shirt, man, I want you to try it. You're going to look good. It's going to light up your face. It's going to add some color to your cheeks. I'm telling you, this red shirt is really going to work for you. And you look at it and say, well, it's a nice shirt, Pete. I, no, I don't know if red is my color. So why, why just, just try it on? He said, well, all right, here, I'll try it on. And then my dad would say, well, I don't know, Angelo, maybe you're right. Maybe that red shirt isn't quite right for you. Then you would chime in. Oh, no, Phil, wait a minute, wait a minute. I kind of like it. Look at the red here. kind of lights up my face. Well, I don't know, Angelo, if you think so. What the guy, Phil had the guy selling him back his own idea. You know what I mean? It's called reverse psychology, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, And and it's quite effective. Yes, it is. And in a loving way. Um, that might be part of what would help draw somebody in for them to, although it's kind of hard to, to go um, reverse psychology on Jesus because you don't want to say, but, you know, you, you could always say, maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's just isn't your walk. And, but uh, I, I was at a Bible study one, mm. one night and I said a sentence and a teacher loved it. I said, when you're talking to somebody, you say, well, you believe in God, don't you? Well, that almost lures a yes. You know what I mean? So you're you're on you're standing on good ground. 
Well, in my faith, he had a son. You know what I mean? And I share him with you. And all the promises and the guidance that he gave the people in the Old Testament, Jesus came along and reaffirmed it. Absolutely. And, and, to, and to, to lock it in, he said, okay, so you know that my father is with me. He's allowing me and asking me to do these miracles for you. He's allowing me to help people that were born blind see. And to this day, no one's ever been able to do that but Jesus. I'm going to heal lepers, people whose skins are rotting. I can heal them. I've called children and people from their death back to life. You're standing in awe of this man. Yeah. Because of the political situations, and it was mostly political, the Jewish hierarchy had to get rid of him. He couldn't be allowed to carry on with this ministry and this movement that he was doing. So they made Rome feel that he was a threat. And because sure. of that, they were able to get him executed. Jesus knew it was coming. He knew it was yeah. coming when he got here. You know what I mean? You and I talked about that, the tragedy of being Judas Iscariot. Sure. Uh, that, that poor guy carries him. And I, I, in my heart, I feel God has, Jesus forgave him a long time ago. But oh, anyway, absolutely. Yeah. I, it wasn't your fault. Judas, somebody had to do it. God bless you. you. You know, I I know you didn't want to. He not only didn't want, he killed himself after he did it. He said, "My God, what have I done?" He took his own life. He he didn't feel that he deserved to live anymore. Mm -hmm. But uh, Jesus lays down his life in one of the most torturous, degrading, humiliating, painful deaths that we have known to this to this day. I mean. Yeah. In, in, in those days, in the days of that execution, you could live on a cross for six days. It, yeah. it wasn't, he was beaten half to death first. That was what hastened his death. But if they wanted to string it out, they could. They really sure. could. He laid that down, and his believers were just so distraught, so lost. What's happened to, what's happened to our man? What's happened to Jesus? What's happened to our leader, our teacher, our rabbi? He comes back. Nobody else has done that. That no. was just saying, I did that. I went through that. So you would know what I told you was true. I told yeah. you I was going to be back in three days. You said, not going to happen. Here I am. Here, feel me. Feel my hands. Right. Squeak, hug me. Know that I am here. Know that you are coming with me. I'm going now. I'm going to go back to the Father. I'm going back to the kingdom I came from, but I'm letting you know from what I've done and taught you, there's a place for you as well. And as we get older and we look at, at what's around us, that becomes very important. I, sure. uh, I was turned on to a um, the teachings of Solomon. Solomon was the richest and wisest of the Old Testament. Up to his time, nobody had that wealth, nobody had that money, nobody had the pleasures. He anything in life he wanted, he had. When he was a young man, they say that he fell in love with a girl and she distracted him. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Sheba, the queen from the south. Sure. And, and um, he built altars for her and and violated some of the Jewish tradition that he caught some slack for. But he returned 
as an older man. A lot man, of slack for it. <laughs> he returned to his walk with God. Yeah. Apologized for his ways and said, "In all that I have achieved, it all means nothing. It's yeah. all vain, glorious. If I, I haven't, if I don't have my walk with God Almighty, now exactly. I'm looking at life and I've I've got anything I've ever wanted, and it doesn't matter. Part of part of what we know from our our falling from a, a walk with the Lord or with with God is." You have a temptation, and you do it, and you give in, and you know I really shouldn't do this, but I'm gonna. The thrill of that of that in uh, experience is short lived. What the you know? Could it be three minutes? Could it be an hour? Could it be two days? But yeah. it's over. Was it worth it? Was it worth the fact that you fell from grace? And one of the things that helps me, and it might help men more than women, because we're physical. We're a little bit more physical creatures. Is picture this man that you absolutely adored. If Jesus was in our presence, mm -hmm. they couldn't they couldn't tear you and me away from him. I, you know what I mean? We'd be on yeah. his heels. Now they beat him, they kill him, they take him away, and we 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 experience him maimed, crippled, and killed. And then he says, I did it for you. I did it so you would talk about me forever. As long as there's mankind. My story will be told. So that's why I did it. And you say, would you want to do something that dishonored your friend? No. And you say, well, but you don't think of that when you're involved in, in a shenanigan. Let's call them shenanigans. No. I don't want yeah. to say sin because that gets so heavy and dark and all. Let's just say shenanigan. You're up to a, a shenanigan you know is not right. But I'm going to do it anyway. And now you're thinking about it later and say, was it really worth it? Now, yeah. if he stood in the room, he say, I'm so sorry. Please, can you help me be stronger? Can you help me walk away from that? And the people people with these wonderfully thin bodies can say to you, um, you know, is a hot fudge Sunday is over <clears throat> in 30 minutes. But yeah. the you know, 1,200 calories isn't. He says, is it worth it? Was the hot fudge Sunday worth it? Well, I happen to be a hot fudge Sunday guy, so that's a different story. I'll say, yes, it is. <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I had a buddy once. He says, I haven't had any ice cream in three years. And I said, I had a lot better life than you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I love me some ice cream now. Come on. Come on. Well, Pete, what do you want to leave everybody with uh, to think about for the next week? Well, think about what I was hit with and let it hit you. Think of the people in your life. Everybody has known a preacher or a teacher or a grandfather or an uncle that walked with a certain kindness. They walked with a goodness, and you knew it, and you wanted to be a part of that. Right. That's what I witnessed, and that's what I offer to you. Consider those people. Consider that life. Consider the goodness that God has given us just even the gift of the next breath. And let's honor that source. Let's let's say, thank you for that gift. What could I do that would make you happy? And it's pretty easy, really. He asked for two things. Know that it came from me. You know, honor me for that. Uh, yeah. Agape, that's not like a, a, a fall down love. It's just, it's a God love. It's, Know that it's me. Love me. Know that I love you. That's number one. Number two, 
love the guy next door. Treat treat everybody with that same kind of love. If we could Absolutely. do that, world straightened out. World is straightened out. Um, and we need to pray for that. And while we're praying for straightening out the world, I can't help it because of our day and age. Um, I'm going to ask that we all spend a moment in prayer. If you will join me, Jesus always asks us to pray to the Father. He said, don't come to me. Come to the Father in my name. And I, I want to do the Heavenly Father. I want to ask you in the name of Jesus to reach out your loving, comforting, powerful hands of love to the people of the Ukraine that are struggling to save their families, their homes, their loved ones, the people, even those that have lost love, they've lost life. Please, Father, guide them, comfort them, give them strength. Let them know that this is a temporary period. Even should they lose their lives, they will gain their life in you. In the next step, they are coming directly to you. But I ask you, as one of your children, please spare them. Take away this man from Russia who is taking away lives and freedoms. Take him away, Father. Take him away. Stop his effort. In the name of your son, Jesus, I ask you to stop the evil that is coming from, from Vladimir Putin. Stop that, Father, in Jesus' holy name. And believe me, if the world would have that prayer together, mm -hmm. it would stop we just got to get the Russian people to pray that. Absolutely. They're being lied to. They think he's a hero. Yeah. They're being lied to. They say, this is an operation. It's not a war. They don't know that their young sons are going into Ukraine and murdering people in their front yards. They know what what he tells them. That's all exactly, they know. Exactly. We've got to get the news to them. Because if they, if they knew, they'd take him out. It's an entire country that's totally oblivious to the rest of the world. Right. They're, they don't have a clue. They're being lied to. Not a clue. No. He's in charge of the airwaves. He's in charge of what they see. He probably has the internet blocked. Oh, my goodness. All communication is blocked in and out of Russia. Right. Right, right, right. And now he's even saying, if you bring war machinery to the Ukraine, you can be a target. I'm going to well, say, if he hit, yeah. You hit one of our planes, <clears throat> you kill one of our boys, one of our tanks. Watch the story change. The story will change dramatically and very swiftly. Yes, it will. And I think that in we a, will in see a very that. profound way. Yes, I, I think so. And here's something else on that note that could trigger World War Three. That could trigger, I don't think it will, but it could trigger a nuclear war. A nuclear war. Yeah. It could. could. I don't think that will happen. I think God knows what's what's coming, and I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's the case yet. Of course, I can't I, tell you what God's thinking, but right. But but is, yes, in, in along gut. those lines, yes, along those lines, uh, that would probably uh, have a way of doing mankind in as we know it. That would be oh sure when the rapture would come. Yeah, we could be very close to that before that war starts. Before it goes nuclear, mm -hmm. the church will be lifted out. That's the promise that there will be tribulation. I see that happen. Yeah, 
Jesus says that the tribulation is coming. It'll be worse than anything that ever happened, but my people will not suffer it. Yeah. They will be taken out. The word rapture yeah. is in the Bible. It's a Greek word that says taken out, taken out of, taken mm -hmm. away. And we are, according to his, his word, we are to be taken away with him. For seven yeah. years, the world will finish itself. He and his angels will come down and finish at the Battle of Armageddon, and then he will rule for a thousand years on earth. This could usher in those moments. I don't know. Yeah. And my immediate prayer, my immediate prayer is that he comfort and and just shed his love and his 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 love on the people of. He, you you're a guy who has. Um kind of a, an active imagination. Let me ask you to imagine something. What kind of world and just it's, uh, the question itself is just kind of crazy. But what kind of world do you think people would be living in had Jesus ruled for a thousand years? And what What can people expect? In a world where Jesus is here on earth again. Okay. Uh, the description is. That it sounds was, crazy just to think about it. Right. Uh, the, the description of it in Revelation that he will rule for a thousand years, that Satan will be bound. Right. So that means the negative, um, disruptive, unkind, challenging thoughts that you might have, you won't have them anymore. Mm -hmm. They won't come to you. It would be, it will literally yeah. be heaven on earth. That's what it would be like. There will be kindness extended constantly. It will never end. The job. I would like that to happen now. Oh, <laughs> uh, it would, uh, me too. But that's that's not what he says. As he says, that's not the way it's going to be. He I need forgiveness for some of the thoughts I've had lately. Yeah. I mean, seriously. You know, I've had. You know, anybody who knows me knows I've I've had a lot going on here in my life and uh you know not all of my thoughts have been positive i've been angry and preoccupied and i've had other things going on in my mind and uh i sure would like to forget about some of that stuff for a while you know so it would be nice just to be able to while we're passing these around heavenly father i come to you in the name of jesus again and ask you to shed your grace, pour your grace down on my friend Angelo. Give him peace in his spirit, in his heart. Remind him when he begins to slip into negativity that you are there, that you are behind him, that you are with his family, that what looks like a negative picture will resolve into goodness. Comfort him amen. as he walks through that valley. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Though that I walk in the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And I will tell you that I carry that 23rd Psalm in my wallet with me everywhere I go. Yeah. And have for about 25 years now. Yeah. Literally. And for, for real. Oh, um, I'll tell you, you what. That's been... um. Uh, an action-packed hour with Pete Wilcox tonight. Um. Of course, you know, you guys are lucky next week because I won't be here. I'll be hiding behind this camera. Uh, you'll have Pete 
And Pete will look like this next week. Yes, without me. <laughs> you know what, though? Um, but every once in a while, Angelo will pop in because he is a very dear friend. And uh, he saw me reaching out, trying to do this. And he said, I think I can help you. I think I can help you pull together a show. I'll, I'll kind of help produce it for you until you yeah. get your feet wet. And he's been very kind and loving to do that. By the way, I wanted to tell you, I found, I listened to Kevin's show the other night and I found a scripture I was looking for. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, it was a, a and for, for the viewer, very quickly, I'll tell you, there was a, a man in a church who was having an affair. But he also wanted to get the gifts of the Spirit. And uh, the, the, one of the te uh, teachers in the church said, stop doing the affair before you try to get the fruits of the Spirit. And Kevin mm. said it was in uh, Isaiah, I think, chapter 58. I read the whole thing. Yeah. And in it, he says, get your heart straight, get your life right, and then I will have the sun shine on you. So that would go along with you. Now, now watch where I go with this. You're going to love this. That was the law. Jesus said, yeah. I have redeemed the law. So it could be a bit different. Now, here's my unknowing thought on it. Mm -hmm. If you want to fast, if you want to reach for the fruits of the Spirit, by all means, do it. I think if you get the fruits of the Spirit, you'll stop having the affair. You know, there's a, a common sense approach to that that I ascribe to. I happen to believe that. I also happen to believe that it's scriptural, and I have to believe that it's biblical. Uh, and I think our friend Kevin would uh, back us both up on that. In fact, it might be a great idea maybe have Kevin back next week. What do you say, Pete? Oh, I love Kevin if you want, you know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he can help put, because he is probably the most learned guy that we both know uh, on matters of the scripture when it, re, re, you know, regarding spirit and uh, and the gifts of the spirit. He is the, the go-to guy. So it might be, a, I mean, if you want, I'll reach out to him. We could, he'll certainly do it. Oh, that would be wonderful. If he would like to be a part of, a, of yeah. one of our shows, let's do that. Um, oh sure, he well he likes coming here. You know that you guys will love him. He is he's just such a gracious, loving man, and um, he he lives in the word. He lives in the word, and uh, is quick to share it. And that's that's a wonderful thing. Absolutely, Captain wants to come back. My goodness, we'd love it. Well, I'll tell you what. Until next week, uh, Pete. Well, Pete, why don't you? Uh, it's your show. You you sign off. <laughs> Well, he's being very kind. And again, uh, I, I started to sign off with a prayer for the Ukraine. But let me sign off with a prayer for you, my sweet, sweet friends who are kind enough to share your time and your thoughts with you. I pray to the Heavenly Father in Jesus' name that your life and your week will be filled with grace and kindness. That you are allowed to find ways and opportunities to share the love of God with the people around you and that uh, the people around you are kind enough to share his love with you. Remember, he's always sharing his love with you. No matter what you're doing, no matter what you're going through, he is there for you. You might have to close your eyes and take a breath, but feel him in your life. In Jesus' holy name, we'll see you next week. I love you. I want to take you.
a long walk with Jesus. Let him shine his light on you. I wanna take a long, I wanna walk, take with Jesus. A long, long walk with Jesus. Let him shine his love and light on me. I wanna take Let it shine 